We come back to the inside of the cathedral. Dantes has made his way inside. He's in the uh, room where the goblins were, and their, their dead bodies lie crumpled on the floor. Uh, Dantes, what do you do? Where do you go? Um, the room itself, like I said, is uh, the nave where the pews are is long. Then there's two uh, parts that jut out to the side about halfway down the length of the nave. And then at the end, you can see there is an altar Okay. Uh, and there's uh, some stuff over there. Uh, where do you go? What do you do? I'm. I want to get to that altar. So what I'm gonna do is uh, I'm gonna grab my stick so I can. Cause I don't want. I don't want any traps. That's you know? smart. I, I can't. I can't get trapped right now. And I'm actually going to. I think I've got enough strength to pick one of the goblins up. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick him up in case I need to like throw a body on something to maybe make it go off. You know, for not having played D&D before, that's a really, that's every, people that play a lot of this game, that's like a, a legitimate strategy is to pick up, to have a stick, to poke for stuff, and have a body in case you, it's just really cool that you intuitively did that. They're so playing Red Dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta pick the body up. Gotta, yeah. So... All right, I'm walking around. I got a body on my shoulder. I got my stick in my hand. I'm looking for this potion, and I got to get to this altar. So I'm tapping the floor. I'm tapping the walls. I'm tapping the floor. I'm tapping the walls. And yeah. So uh, roll a perception check at advantage for me. So it's a d20, and you'll roll it twice and take the higher number. Okay. 18. 18. Nice. Four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the eighteen. Is, the eighteen works. <laughs> yeah, let's try. Let's just do that. <laughs> so you push the stick on the floor, and uh, halfway down the pews, the stick hits a pressure plate, and you feel it. You hit a piece of stone and the stone depresses. And then in front of you, about four feet, a gout of fire shoots from these pillars that are like lining the perimeter, right? Mm-hmm. Gout of fire from each shoots towards the middle, Ooh. like four feet in front of you. And uh, doesn't hurt you, but it's quite warm. And it lights, I mean, it creates a whole bunch of light. And uh, you can now see that at the front of the altar is a huge bowl um, that's sitting on a on a plinth at the the front of the room. The okay. fire dissipates and the pressure plate goes back up and is reset. Okay, so I walk and I go over the pressure plate without stepping on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna keep tapping along, trying to get to this bowl to see what's in this bowl. Uh. So uh, the bowl is a big brass. Uh, like one of those Catholic communion bowl things, like just a big round uh, bowl. And uh, there's some text that is inscribed around the rim of the bowl. And it reads, drink this tainted ferment and within the pit, you will be spared torment. Uh, And you can see at the bottom of the bowl is this dark colored liquid Maybe like an inch or inch and a half of liquid left in the bowl. 
Okay. All right. So now I'm going to have to try to figure out if this is dark, like red, because mm-hmm. I'm looking for a red liquid. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to get some light somewhere. So I'm going to pull the old torch out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to light it up and I want to see if it's red. So you uh, hold the light over the bowl and it definitely, uh, the color of the liquid is like a purple and you can, getting closer to it and inspecting it, you get a smell of like wine, like a Mm. alcoholic smell from the liquid in the bowl. Yeah. Well, let's, let's have a sip. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dip my pinky in and check, test this baby out. All right. So make a uh constitution save for me which okay. is a d20 okay so go yep go ahead and roll it four nine okay <laughs> so uh it's plus zero so your your number is a nine mm-hmm. and you take uh d4 damage so roll a d4 for me three mm. so you take three damage you're now at two health so you get violently, you drink this liquid and you can feel it burn like booze. Mm-hmm. And then it you feel it hit your stomach and then it, the most painful and violent stomach cramps hit you and you just begin very uh, loudly and violently vomiting up this liquid. Burns on the way out. It really, really hurts, is unpleasant. And a few, I don't know, this this goes on for maybe like, 15 to 20 seconds of just hurling and hurting. And then that feeling passes and you feel yourself suddenly become, uh, I don't know that you, you get this, uh, feeling of inner strength all of the sudden in game terms, you now have resistance to, uh, you now have resistance to necrotic damage, which is damage that is done by the undead. Okay. So to your left and to your right, so drinking from the bowl, you see uh, there are there's uh, two platforms. There's a platform to your left and a platform to the right. And there are stairs that lead up to these platforms. They almost look like uh, old-timey elevators. Mm, okay. And so you see those to your left and to your right with your torch lit. And then in front of you, uh, hanging not hanging, resting on a stand is, it looks like a very fancy torch. It's gold, it's got jewels on it, um, and it's in one of those like cradles that they put like scepters in where it's got like legs and then there's two uh, arms that hold it and it's resting lengthwise in this cradle. Um, So you see that and you see the two elevators and and that's what you see. Okay, so I want to go up the elevator on the right. Okay. So, uh, get on in there. Yep. So you get over to the elevator. Uh, you see written on the elevator only when the goblet is empty will the dead be ready to reach their final resting place. Only when the goblet is full will the living arise from the pits of darkness. And you stand on the elevator, and it suddenly you hear a metal gear give way. Chink, chink. And slowly, the elevator begins to lower. Do you stay on? Yeah, because the the boss is on the. It's under the cathedral, so I gotta I gotta come find him. Okay. Uh, awesome. So, 
Slowly, the elevator begins lowering you, ching, 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 and you descend into this uh, below the cathedral. Five minutes pass, and eventually the uh, this elevator is very tight. There's no... All you see is stone. And then eventually the elevator passes what must be the 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 base of the cathedral, and everything opens up. Your torch illuminates this big expansive room below you that's uh it would be like a the size of like a warehouse is how empty it feels okay and you can see below are huge piles of bones and uh and uh, maybe mostly decomposed or mummified bodies uh seven or eight piles of these that stand six and six feet three inches tall um, all over the bottom of this uh, yeah. this area down here. And eventually, uh, after five more minutes, the elevator rests on the ground below. All right, so I got to get out. So, gotta... Yep, you get out. Instantly, your nostrils are filled with the smell of death and decay and rot. Oh, boy. All right, so now I'm... I'm... I, I got to be brave because this isn't even as bad as the other one I was in. So I still got my stick and my torch and the body resting on my shoulder. And now I drop the goblin because if I need another body, I can just grab one of these dead people. Mm-hmm. But I still want to kind of get some health. So I'm going to poke around with this stick while I'm walking around looking for a chest or mm-hmm. like some sort of hidden compartment with some some... Uh, heal juice in it. So roll a perception check for me, which is a d20. Okay. And then your perception is plus two, so it's this number plus two. Can we get a can we get a four? Can we get a four? Can we get a four? Oh, 17. Hell yeah. So that's a overall 21, which is really good. Ooh, blackjack. So <laughs> you, uh, in searching for a chest or, or some sort of healing, you're walking in between these piles of bones and mummified corpses. And eventually, uh, uh, this, uh, your sound of footsteps, you approach a, uh, a body of an adventurer who's leaned up against one of these huge piles of bones. Um, you can see his skin is uh, completely white and uh, he, he looks very dead. He's been dead. Not as long as these corpses uh, and piles of bones. Maybe been dead for like a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks to have been a warrior of some kind. He has a long sword on his belt. Ooh. He's dressed with uh, like chainmail armor. Um, and uh, you can see he uh, his hand is like out. His hand is outstretched, and there's a backpack uh, that his hand is reaching out towards. <gasps> so. First thing I want to do is steal all his chain mail and put it on. Nice. So uh, I believe your armor you are wearing is. What did I give you? Oh, you're actually wearing breastplate. So your armor is actually better than his, oh, technically. Well, yeah, get out of here, chain mail. Yeah, you like feel it and it's just kind of chintzy and yeah, cheap. Yeah, I don't need this mess. It's got this. A- Party Supply USA, <laughs> out of my face. Sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take his sword. Then I can't steal a sword, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna take that because it's long, and I just, I want to show it 
to Jones when I get out. Yeah. Hey man, this is a cool ass sword, right? Uh, then I'm gonna I'm gonna get the backpack that he's reaching for, and I'm gonna rifle through it. I'm gonna see what's in there. All right. So what's in his backpack? Backpack, backpack. All right, in the adventure's backpack. 17, So the first thing you find is a metal flask. Um, it's decorated with engravings. Uh, it's, it's really nice. It looks like it's made of pure silver. It's very fancy. Okay. So you find a metal flask uh, smelling the liquid inside it smells like a very strong liquor or uh it just like almost probably grain alcohol is a better description of it okay uh the next thing you find is a crowbar like a uh pickaxe shovel crowbar like multi-tool thing okay yeah um looks like something that could be used to like really like force open a door or uh, really do whatever you wanted that thing to do. And then lastly, you find um, a a pouch of potions. You find a health potion. (laughs) And you find a potion of invisibility. So uh, the the potion of health is this little red vial. um, And then the potion of invisibility is in the same container, but it's this blue it almost looks like there's glitter floating inside of it oh okay and uh for gameplay purposes the potion of invisibility if you drink it you'll be invisible for two minutes okay uh no one you you are not visible but you can still you still make sound so you would still like if you talked someone could hear you if you took loud steps someone could hear you that you could push someone and they would feel it you're just not physically visible okay and the health potion heals uh d8 uh or i think it's 2d8 2d8 worth of health when you drink it so all right that's everything that you find i'm gonna chug that health potion so i can get some strength back all right roll 2d8 for me okay five Five, so you get ten health back. All right, feeling good in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that? What was that? A... Applebee's. Ah, that's right. <laughs> Sage Dantis of House Applebee's. <laughs> yeah, baby. So what's fun is that as you progress through this dungeon and find things, mm-hmm. the people that come after you will not find those things. Yeah, you don't <laughs> get to have them, baby. They're mine. So I, I'm taking this backpack, right? Yep. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not leaving that for anyone else. No, so no way. Get out of here. <laughs> I'll be silly. Shoot, beat it. I'm back to two. I got a breastplate. Oh boy, feeling good for real. Mm-hmm. Let's fucking, oh. So where uh, where do you go now? What do you do? All right. So I uh, 
now I'm I'm getting I'm getting curious. I'm like I I'm thinking things through. Here's my thought process. Do I go back to the elevator, see if I can get back up, find that torch, come back down here with the other torch because it's probably going to give me better light and then go immediately find this this boss or do I just keep trekking through here with my torch? I'm going to keep trekking with my torch. Okay. I like my torch. My torch has brought me this far. Mm-hmm. Why would I desert it now? Let's mm-hmm. go. Torch on. I'm looking through the warehouse area here mm-hmm. and I'm trying to find this boss. So... Uh, walking through these piles, you you begin to realize how big this chamber is, uh, considering, and also how many dead bodies are in here. Like, who knows when these bodies are from? Like, the town of Red Wheel is a town of 50 to 75 people. So mm-hmm. who who can really say where these bodies and why there are so many that are down here? Uh, you come you, walking around... Uh, through this these piles of bones uh, well let's see so walking through you hear from behind you the sound of uh, a bunch of bones like sliding down from a pile mm. I'm gonna go investigate so you turn around and you see uh, shambling down from one of the mounds is a skeleton in uh uh, holding an old rusty sword and an old rusty shield is shambling down the pile attempting to uh, well he's moving towards you okay and I the mayor told me skeletons were messing with people so I'm gonna do everything I can to get rid of this skeleton right now okay. starting with pulling my new fancy sword out and I'm not going to stab a skeleton because there is no meat to stab it with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to knock this skeleton's head off. Nice. Uh, just roll a, a d20 for me. Make an attack roll. So plus three. Ooh. Nice. 19. Mm. Uh, that, that hits. Uh, roll damage for me. And on a long sword, that is a d8. So you roll a, a d8 for damage. Six mm. plus your strength of one is seven, so you do seven damage to it. All right. So you you go to lop off his head and uh, take out a huge chunk of old calcified skull, um, but the creature is still walking. But it looks like it's pretty close to dead. Okay. It's like movements are a little more jittery. Uh, it's going to take a swing at you. Eleven plus. Four is 15, which does not hit. Ooh. Go ahead, do your thing. I'm coming for you, skeleton. Three, not quite. <laughs> uh, and he, so you go to swing and just whiff in the air, and you see that uh, more skeletons are coming down from this pile of bones. Ooh. So you're fighting this one. You see two more start to shamble down towards you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the skeleton's gonna go. He's pretty hurt, but we'll see if he and he he doesn't hit you. So go ahead and uh, right. go again. Coming for you, skeleton. I mean it this time. Nice. Uh-huh. And that is enough to hit. So now roll damage. Another d8 for me. All right, let's do it. Three. Ooh. So seven plus three is ten skeletons uh 
10 HP. So you crack this thing in the ribs and the whole skeleton just like uh, whatever magical energy was keeping it together just dissipates and all the bones just fall to the ground. Oh, man. But you see two more are like shambling down from this pile headed towards you. Okay. So now I got to... I had to deal with these guys. I'm going to. I'm going to call on the tensor's floating disc. Awesome. The spell creates a circular horizontal plane of force, three feet in diameter and one inch thick that floats three feet above the ground. Uh, the disc remains for the duration and can hold up to 500 pounds. The disc 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 is immobile <laughs> while you are within 20 feet of it. If you move more than 20 feet away from it, the disc follows you so that it remains within 20 feet of you. Uh, basically, so what this spell does is it acts like an extra set of hands. It can actually carry stuff for you. Oh, so nice. it's less. Uh, I mean, you can totally do it and do. I don't know what you want to do with it, but. Um, it doesn't actually have any, like it, it's not going to do damage to them. Okay, so I wasn't. I don't. I don't know that I wanted to damage them. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get close enough that I could hit them with my sword, then just step back, and when they tried to swing at me, they wouldn't be able to hit me because the disc is in the way. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, uh, yeah, the skeletons start shambling down, and they have to in this narrow, confined space. It's diff, uh, they'll attack at disadvantage because of this disc. Um, so go ahead, Dantas, do your attack roll. So D20. Nice. 19. Hell yeah. So D8 damage. Roll a D8 right there for me. All right. Six. Nice. So seven on that guy. Eat a skeleton. (laughs) So the two skeletons are are going to try attacking you. Um, and I like I said, they're going to attack at disadvantage. So advantage was two dice and take the higher. Disadvantage is two dice and take the lower. Okay. Um, so he rolls a three, which oh, is a boy. miss. And the other guy is going to attack. The other skeleton rolls a one. Oh, man. So he rolls a one, which is a critical fail, which yeah. means something bad happens to him. Mm-hmm. So he goes to swipe at you and... Uh, and uh, the disc is like just so in the way that he actually falls, like trips over itself and falls prone in front of you. So if you make an attack on this skeleton, you'll get to roll with advantage, which is gonna, two and take the higher. I'm going to do that. Go for it. 15. Yep. And two. So the 15. 15's a hit. So roll a, uh, a D8 of damage on that guy. Two. Two, and then your plus your strength, which oh, is yeah. three. So uh three damage. Um and you did seven to that guy, and he has ten health, so that skeleton is dead. Ooh. Last skeleton is going to attack. Disadvantage is the four. Alright. Dantis, go uh keep Eighteen. God, you're doing good on these guys. All right, skeleton baby, I'm coming for you. D8 for me. Oh yeah, let's let's, let's go do, eight. Let's do an eight this time. You have two. Uh, two works. plus three is or two plus one is three. Your strength mod is one. So, uh, hitting the skeleton, it it starts to 
skeletons don't get frustrated, but you can see it is now swinging more wild and uh, viciously towards you. And you can see now uh, up into your left, another pile of bones. You can see four more skeletons emerge from this pile of bones and are shambling down towards you. You are uh, soon and quickly going to become over overrun with skeletons. So Dantis, what do you do? I want to go ahead and kill this one skeleton before I run away because running away is going to put me at a disadvantage. I get that. But mm-hmm. I figure if I make this skeleton kill gruesome enough, the other ones will think maybe I don't want those issues. All right. Yeah. Roll a D20 for me. So, if you right. roll a 20, I'll, uh, something good will happen. <laughs> but you rolled a, if anyone can guess, it was a four. <laughs> We now continue our series of Dante rolling the number four. So you miss. I do. The skeleton is going to attack you. Oh, boy. And he, well, he rolls a disadvantage. He rolls a two, so he misses. Okay. So do you run away? Do you... Can, How close are the other skeletons at this point? Um, it'll take them probably two more turns to get to you. Okay, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna attack my skeleton one more time. Okay. I'm, I'm coming gruesome, skeleton. <laughs> 20 <laughs> what a day what a day so when you crit an attack which is rolling a 20 mm-hmm. you get to roll two damage dice so you get to roll two d8 okay um add those numbers together and your strength modifier for damage all right let's try it six all right let's try it Three, nine, sweet. Okay. Plus one is 10. You do 10 damage to this thing. Okay. All right. You (laughs) obliterate this thing. What does that look like? All right. So I literally, like, you know how you take a sword and you do the uppercut motion with it? Mm Mm-hmm. I do that, like, right under the pelvis, like, in the center of the pelt, where the, like, private area would be. (laughs) Yeah. This skeleton so hard that it just becomes dust. Yeah, you just blow its <laughs> pelvis. Up. Yeah, like the whole thing just falls into into dust, and yeah, there's a pile of dust right outside my force field, and yeah, I want the other skeletons to see it. He look, looks like powder. So the other skeletons uh, are shambling down this pile, and they stop, and they look at each other, and then look up, and then look down. And then they continue to shamble their way down. And you now see uh, more skeletons, uh, two more skeletons per pile uh, begin to uh, shamble their way down on other piles towards you. Yeah, I'm running. Yeah. I'm running. Just, uh, just away from them, right? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm like, because they can't run that fast. So I'm uh-uh. like sticking the ground. Like, I'm not as careful about checking the traps, but I'm still checking the traps and i got my torch Mm -hmm. lighting me up so So, uh if you were trying to run away and still look for traps i would have you roll at disadvantage but you're using the stick which gives you advantage so you'll just roll a straight up just a d20 um, to check for traps which is perception so this number plus two 19 sweet uh and so running running past these skeletons um sticking around for traps uh you find a uh 
uh, a thin piece of wire that is stretched between two piles, and you can see with the torchlight glistening, this wire runs up into the ceiling, like mm. fishing line, basically. Oh, okay. So I have, I got to check this out. I can't just let it go unchecked. I take the stick and I poke the line. I want to see what's what. So you uh, poke the poke the line. It's very taut, and um, just tapping it with the stick, uh, you hear a loud explosion come from the ceiling. You see red uh, fire come from the, the the top of this room, which illuminates the ceiling now, and you can see that there's stalagmites that hang all over the ceiling. And you can see a huge stalagmite has become loosened from the ceiling and begin to fall down uh, to where this trap is. Ooh, okay. So I'm gonna... I'm just gonna give myself about 20 feet of clearance. So yeah, you move out of the way and this huge stalagmite falls... Uh, stalactite, I think, right? Yeah, doesn't mm. matter. It doesn't matter. Falls to the ground and shatters in... I mean, it's 15 feet long. It's huge. Mm -hmm. And slams to the ground. You feel the whole room shake. Um, But now there's actually a barrier between you and those skeletons. Oh, nice. So you've accidentally created some breathing room for yourself. Go me. There you go. Way to go. Dantes is killing it right now. Dantes, you you wizard. (laughs) That uses a long sword. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I like this. <laughs> Wizard it up. All right. So now we're back on the path. We're just we're like, let's explore. Let's dig in further. And I'm I'm pushing through. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get to this boss. So I'm uh like I, I'm just looking in the areas that are still darkened and that my torch hasn't lit up yet. And mm-hmm. I'm just following him. I'm, I'm coming for this boss. I'm stick in the ground, stick on the wall, stick in the ground. I'm torch light up as much as you can, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I'm I'm just feeling the place out. Okay, so um, two d tens rolled together make a, what's called a percent roll. So you take this d ten, which has just one digit on it, and mm-hmm. that is your. Uh, your ones digit, and then you take this d10 that has like a a 10, numbered 10 through double zero, which is 100, Mm -hmm. and it makes a percentile roll. So you roll them together, and I rolled a 47. Okay. So 47%. You use these for like the percent of something occurring or whatever. So, um, So you find a small... Uh, you get to the perimeter, the edge of the room, uh, and you can see a opening in the in the wall, and the opening is shaped like a mouth. There's teeth around the edges of the entryway, and at the top of the entryway is a uh, very evil-looking skeleton head with like furrowed eyebrows or uh, furrowed brow. Um, and stairs that lead down inside of the entryway. Yeah, I'm going in. This again, this isn't even as creepy as the last one I went to. The last one that thing was on fire. So Oh yeah. I'm so this even, is way yeah. less creepy. I'm not intimidated. Let's go. <laughs> I'm going down these stairs. I'm poking poking every stair as I go down, but I'm I'm going. So you 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 uh run down these stairs 
and uh, it, it, it becomes like a spiral stair that eventually starts going deeper and deeper into the ground. And this takes you to... All right. So you begin following these steps uh, downward and further downward. And eventually you come to a, uh, a landing. Mm-hmm. And uh, in front of you is uh, our three doors. And above in big brass lettering is a, uh, a, a like a sign. It's very fancy etched in brass and metal. Uh, and it says uh, Maze of the Dead. And um, yeah, you're presented with three doors with and that text lettering and uh, yeah, and I gotta make a decision. Am I going left, right, or straight? Or straight? I'm going left. So you choose the left hand path. Uh, all the while checking for traps, roll perception for me. Okay. So you're walking along and you hear uh, from behind you a deep guttural uh, growl. And uh, making your way through these corridors, like we don't need to say, oh, there's another branching path left or right because it at a certain point, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you continue to make your way through this side of the maze and you hear this guttural growl come from behind you and you see a uh, cloven-hoofed minotaur begin to walk with a big axe in its hand and it asks in a bassoon uh, low growly voice who enters my maze Dantes sage of Des Moines Dantes what makes you worthy to enter these chambers I've been sent by the lovely citizens of Red Wheel to eradicate the licks of the lower levels of this cathedral well you must get through me first and uh, roll initiative for me. So it's a D20. Okay. 11 again. Nice. And I rolled a 19, so the Ooh. Minotaur gets to go first. Yeah. So Minotaur is going to attack you with a charge. All right. Twelve plus four is sixteen, so it doesn't go above your AC, so it misses. Ooh. So this thing lowers its horns and runs right at you, but you are just nimble enough that you dodge out of the way. Okay. What do you do? While he's still facing the other way, I do like one of those cool moves where I pull the crossbow out and I turn and I'm about to shoot him right up his butt. Nice. Okay. Uh, He's got his back turned to you, so I'll give you advantage on this. So roll 2d20 for me. 15 plus uh, 3 is 18. 
Okay, so 18. And that is a hit. So now roll damage with your crossbow, which is D light crossbow D8 plus three. Nice, eight damage. All right. All right. Woohoo! Right up the butt. Right up the butt. So he takes eight. Um, so this thing howls in pain and is like trying to reach back to grab the arrow out of its butt. Dude, its pecs are too big. It yeah. can't actually reach. Yeah. And it turns, and its eyes are just filled with hatred, and it brings its great axe over its head, and it's going to try to swing its great axe at you and cut you in half. All right. Oh, man, that's a hit. Yeah, he got me. 18, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to roll D12. <laughs> three. Three. Three plus four. Oh, no, it's 2D12. Wow. Five. So you take eight damage. Woo! Which is pretty incredible considering I rolled 2D12. That's That's a lot. So this thing hits like a truck. It does. I got I to gotta end him quickly. And don't forget, you also have the Potion of Invisibility. You could use that. Um, and I don't know if you have any spells that could help, but I, uh, yeah. I would be a bad Dungeon Master if I didn't uh, remind a new player of all the tools he has at his disposal. Well, thank you. Yeah, I got I to... Gotta... going to I need to catapult him the catapult worked well when I did it before and let's see uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna wait 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 wait, wait. oh yeah yeah catapult okay yeah. we're gonna we're gonna catapult you. Catapult his ass. All right, so he needs to make a dexterity save. Okay. Otherwise, he is hit, but I think he makes it because yeah. he rolled a fifteen. And I think catapult is a dexterity saving throw. So a saving throw for you is your intelligence modifier. Yeah, so he he saves against it. Okay. Which means I don't know if it does less damage. On a failed save, the object strikes the target. So he it looks like he just dodges out of the way. Okay. So this rock comes through the air and slams into the wall and uh the minotaur ducks its head and it doesn't actually hit him. Okay. Um now, let's see. How about uh All right, he's going to attack you again. Yep. Ooh, oh, 19, God. baby. Oh god. 1 and 9. So he does 10 plus 2. I think I think he kills you. Yeah, that's what I've because I've only got, I'm already at like way too many. All right, at ten plus that twelve is twenty two. So, all right. So here's here's what happens. So this you feel this great axe come 
well, you don't even see it. It moves so fast and it catches you right in the side. And you look down and you see that it's like almost cut you all the way through. Mm-hmm. You stand there wobbling for a second and the minotaur standing in front of you grabs you by the neck and lifts you up. And uh, he lifts you up so that you're locking eyes with him. And then suddenly your vision goes black. Ooh. Now, you wake up in a different room. Your, uh, you feel that your hands and feet are chained together. Mm-hmm. Um, your vision slowly returns as you open your eyes. And you're in this stone room with a rolling fire. And uh, uh, you can see the Minotaur is standing over the fire with a big cook pot of bubbling liquid inside of it. And uh, what do you, you see that your, uh, your wound is pretty bad. It's still bleeding. And uh, if you don't get medical, like if you don't get some kind of potion soon, you are just going to straight up die. All right. I'm going to do a spell where I disguise myself as the Minotaur's lover. Okay. All right. Disguise self. You make yourself, including your clothing, armor, weapons, and other belongings on your person, look different until the spell ends or until your action, you use your action to dismiss it. Um, oh, I can't it. change my body type. Okay. Yep, yep. It looks like it would just change like maybe your eyebrows would change color okay okay so i'm going to go uh i'm gonna do i still have my potions with me Mm Mm-hmm. you don't have your backpack anymore but you have your belt pouch where your potions are okay i'm tied up i'm going to try to wiggle the top loose on the uh I want to go healing potion first mm-hmm. and drink some of that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm actually going to do the invisible potion right after because I don't want this thing to finish cooking me. All right. So first you roll the potion, the healing potion first, which is 2d8. D8? Yep. Okay. And you roll two of them. Okay. Six plus four. So you get 10 health back. So now you're at just 10. All right. So you feel the wound bind itself and the blood um, stop flowing out of you. Your vision becomes a little sharper, less cloudy. Okay. And then what was the next thing you did? I'm going to drink the invisibility potion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that, you don't have to roll anything. It just happens. Okay. So you just vanish. Like you look down where your hands were and then they just disappear. All right. Now, I'm still bound right mm-hmm. i'm going and these are chains that are on me yep chains are kind of loud but i don't care i'm not all i want to do is get his attention that i'm obviously missing and then whatever direction he goes in i'm just gonna run opposite of that over towards the pot he's cooking in and then i'm gonna try to get him to come over to the pot and as soon as he's near I'm just going to drop kick the pot and kick it onto him. Cool. All right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is awesome. So, yeah, you do that. So, you you stand. So, I guess 
we'll take it one step at a time. Okay, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. stand up okay, yeah. and and you're trying to get his attention, right? So that yes. So you may, what do you like rattle the I'm chains rattling or the chains and he can't see me. Can he see the chains? Mm-mm. Okay, so yeah, I'm just rattling chains. So he turns around and looks to the spot where you should be lying on the ground mm-hmm. dead and uh he uh he snorts and growls. Where did you go? And is looking to all the corners of the room and snorts angrily and picks up his great axe and runs out of the room. Ooh, okay. And is just like, just runs out of the room. I'm in here. And he comes running back into the room and he's going to try to. Now he's his perception's not that good. So he's looking around and he can't seem to find you. He's wandering around the room and you were going to wait till he got what do you do? I'm I'm like going to try to wiggle like I'm going to stand I'm going to put it so that the pot is between me and him. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to wiggle the chains so he can hear it and start coming in my direction and then drop kick this pot into him. Sweet. Oh, it's so cool. All right. So you do that. Um, it's it's very smart because I feel like other players would try to drop kick him into the pot and he would get a chance to like resist that. Oh. But you're just kicking the pot. So uh, he, he can roll to dodge out of the way, but he's at disadvantage because he obviously can't see this coming. <laughs> yeah, I want him to... Holy shit. 20 and 9? He rolls a 20, but disadvantage, so he rolls a 9. Oh! So he does not get out of the way. So you just drop kick this pot of just boiling hot. Just a huge cauldron. Yeah! Deal with it. All right. So he takes... I think it's... 66. Shit. He's taken a lot of damage. Oh, boy. Shit. All right. Wow. Okay. So 12, 18, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Nice. So he's just covered in this, like, boiling hot, and his skin begins melting off, and he howls in pain. And drops his axe and runs out of the room. All right. And and he, he's like dragging his leg behind him. It's it's one of his legs got really badly burned. Okay. Now, and just disappears, runs out of the room. Now I have to get these chains off of myself. So I'm going to run over to where he dropped the axe and try to... I'm going to wiggle the axe between my feet mm-hmm. and then take my arm chains and just drop them down over the top of the sharp part of the axe oh nice Try okay cut this chain loose yep so uh you'll make a uh, we'll call this acrobatics so okay. take a d20 for me and just roll that nice uh, oh well, not that great so Damn. 13 uh, with your athletics of or acrobatics of plus three, so it looks like the chains are just too thick to cut through with this axe. Yeah, 
So I got to figure something else out. And you still got, I don't know, probably a minute and a half of this invisibility left. Okay. So I am going to uh, see if there is any of the hot bubbling goo left in the pot. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to, because the pot is obviously hot. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see if I can't finagle a little bit of that juice onto these chains see if it's hot enough to maybe to make them weaker yeah weaken the steel maybe yeah like can we can we get it glowing so i can just maybe hit them on the axe and yeah well yeah and there's the coals too right or the fire oh yeah that's yeah that's what i should use because it was it was on something hot yep i'm just gonna warm my chain up over the coals till they're glistening yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to go back to the axe and see if I can axe it that way. Perfect. So, yes, you do. So you hold the chain over this, uh, over these coals. And after, it does take probably five or so minutes oh, yeah. um, before they become hot enough. And you can see, yeah, they start to glow. First, it's like a dull red. And then it, the bottom becomes a bright orange. Yeah. And so I am like trying to keep my trying to keep myself safe so i like amble back over to the axe situated between the feet bam down with the wrists bam down with the ankles uh get myself cut loose and now i got to chase this this beast yep so yeah you you manage to you don't even need to roll cuz i mean it's they're, they're weak enough from the heat that you can pop them free okay so i'm gonna, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna pick up his axe okay on my way out of here it <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> okay, I'm still I'm stealing everything. Yeah, I'm not I'm not leaving shit. No, <laughs> no, this is great. <laughs> I played too much Red Dead for real. <laughs> I'm taking everything. Smart. No, that's very smart. So, actually, this this is a good spot to take a quick five minute break. Cool. All right. Um, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more. <laughs> 